I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs at Tab. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC. 522-WTIC, and we will do our best to do uh, to get you out of trouble if we can, or maybe maybe get you into trouble. Who knows, depending on what we tell you to do. Uh, we got some news here for you as far as technology news. Microsoft found, how many accounts do you think they found, Bob, that were breached? You mean uh, in millions? Yeah, <laughs> literally in millions. Like 200. Close. 44 million. Oh, okay. Microsoft found 44 million accounts that are being used with breached passwords. So, how'd they do this? Well, you would have, you would have thunk that they would be doing this by default, right? Uh, but no, they figured, all right, let's do, let's do some work here and let's just see how many of our, our users' passwords are listed on the dark web already. Now, this is called dark web monitoring, right? Companies are out there charging you to, quote-unquote, do dark web monitoring. And if, if you listen to the news, NBC, whatever, CBS, they're always talking about millions of breaches here, billions of breaches there. And the, the information is being stored somewhere, like in a database, right? Passwords of Yahoo accounts or Microsoft accounts or Google accounts, whatever you want. So that, that's dark web monitoring. In this case, Microsoft said, hey, I wonder if we took a, a look at the database of folks who have had breached accounts out on the web and compared them to our customers. <laughs> they, well, they did that and found 44 million matches. 44 million. So what, it, what they did then, which, again, you, you should just, you think, wow, you'd think they'd be doing this all the time. They sent out a password reset. Because in many cases, people were still using those breached passwords and accounts. By email. Tell me it wasn't by email. <laughs> well, it would have been. The notification probably would have been by email, Click right? Click here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, a little catch-22 there. But they forced a password reset on these 44 million folks because I can't tell you still when I meet with customers and clients, some of them, I've got, I've got very intelligent folks, smart engineers, CEOs, telling me how proud they were of themselves of getting all their accounts to have the same username and password. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? So they, they, did it, they ran through a, a database of over 3 billion sets of leaked credentials. 3 billion, which, which pretty much means everybody, right? Well, how many people are on the planet? Let me <laughs> right. Google that. Right. If you don't include the third world, which folks don't have computers at all, uh, 3 billion sets of leak credentials, 44 million matches, and they forced a password reset. Um, so if you happen to have a, a, an issue where your Microsoft account had a reset, it's because Microsoft found it to be on the dark web. So it's a good thing. I'll put a link up here if you want to read about what they did. And I would have thought they would have done this by default as a service. I mean, they're a trillion-dollar company. The least they can do is... Well, I would do it for free when you can have somebody pay you for it. <laughs> well, I guess you're right. Okay. 
There's 7.53 billion people as of 2017 in oh, the world. Wow. Well, 3 billion of them they went and checked out. That's half. Yeah. So uh, the moral of the story is, guys, don't use the same password against the same email account. And make sure your password is an extremely difficult password, okay? And change it on, account, on occasion. As long as you make it really difficult, uh, if the source hasn't been breached, you know, whether it be LinkedIn or what have you, if they get breached again, which is another Microsoft company, um, you know, you need to change that password, especially if you're using it somewhere else. Because the bad guys are going to say, oh, okay, Bob Shorey at snet and his password is password. Oh, well, let's see if we can try that somewhere else. Right, Bob? You use a password. I never password. had that email address. <laughs> so uh, that's what I thought was kind of interesting out there. What do you got, Bob? Anything you want to bring up? Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> not anything as interesting as that. <laughs> really? <laughs> password talk is not that interesting. Okay. How about <clears> that? Uh, I got two Tesla Cybertruck articles, which oh, I think goodness. are interesting. Yeah, but, you're a car guy. Yeah, well, that too. I was a gearhead before I was a geek. Yeah. So anyway. There's no gears in these things, by the way. <laughs> There's not, not a single gear anymore. Well, I'm not so sure about that. They have transmissions. They do? I just thought it was just, I thought it was just an electric motor that just oh, goes and I'm doesn't sure go. I'm sure they have a transmission. I don't know. It could have be an arm- infinitely variable right. electronic t- transmission. Built into the engine. Well, no, the, the engine the mo- has a the motor, motor, not an engine. You're right. You're right. See, that's why I'm not so, a gearhead. You see? Anyway, yeah. uh, Tesla's Cybertruck cyber yeah. might not fit in your garage. It did look kind of big and bulky. Yeah, there's an AR, artificial reality app, cautions. Oh, you might want to park it in your garage, but that may not work for most typically sized garage. Oh, boy. Future Tesla Cybertruck owners may need to start searching for a contractor to draw up blueprints for a remodeled larger garage. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound very ecological. Yeah, well, I'm you need a Mick gar- Instead of a McMansion, you need a Mick Garage to put your environmentally sound truck in. <laughs> Love the irony of that. So the app depicts the. Uh, they have an electronic app you can download and see if it'll fit in your garage. Mm-hmm. You know this artificial reality. That's so funny. It's by uh, YouTuber uh, Tesla Raj R A J. Shows keep... an augmented reality app portraying yeah. a life-size Cybertruck in his garage, and guess mm. what? It doesn't fit. <laughs> the app depicts the electric pickup truck basically kissing the garage's wall while inches of the Cybertruck's behind stick out the garage door. Oh, it's funny. So it's too big for the garage. Yeah. Now, yeah, the Cybertruck is a pretty massive thing, at least for Tesla. Mm-hmm. This uh, isn't a problem that solely affects the Cybertruck, of course. Right. As Americans have sw- swiftly traded in their lower and smaller sedans right. for smaller pickup trucks and SUVs, numerous drivers have found this same problem. In 2018, the Detroit Free Press detailed how a niche uh, business of garage remodelers have taken builders by storm in some parts of the U.S. Huh. On average, these homeowners, homeowners spent anywhere between $3,000 and $12,000 to make sure their SUV pickup truck fits in their garage. <laughs> okay. three dollars to $12,000 to put their monster truck in their car, in their, in their garage. Wow. Well, it's not monster. These are standard. Uh, height and length are the big issue. Yeah, yeah. As eight-foot-tall garages quickly replaced the standard seven-foot ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some home, some home, homeowners asked for the rearmost wall of the garage to be pushed out further. Wow. According to the 2018 report, some have even designed cubies so the front bumper and hood slide neatly into the garage oh without the need to extend goodness. the full wall. So you got to walk around the back of your car to get out. You can't walk around the front because the front's sticking under a, under a cubby. 
Well, maybe you got to only go in through the front door and or you drive can, it out the, the yeah, door right. to let anybody else Or in. you can dukes a hazard it and slide it across slide across the hood to get in and out of your car. <laughs> if your garage is too small, yes. there's not going to be a landing zone on the other side. Yeah, I guess you're I guess you're right. So Jeez. anyway, so Tesla's electric pickup stands at 75 inches tall mm. and 231.7 inches long. That's pretty comparable with a standard issue Ford F-150. Gotcha. So if you see, the new trucks are a lot taller than the old ones used yeah. to be. Yeah. I remember the old F-100s and then or the old uh, Chevy Apaches, mm-hmm. which you, you, I have no idea. People never heard of them anymore. No. Anyway, so <clears throat> no, this isn't a Cybertruck specific issue, but with the amount of attention electric truck has picked up, it's highlighting ongoing issue with larger vehicles in the U.S. Yeah. And most uh, automakers are dropping their productivity over the next couple of years mm-hmm. of sedans. They're going away. Except Tesla, right? Because they keep building these little uh, Model 3s and the, even the, um, the, what, the S's and stuff like that are still sedans. But people don't well, want those smaller basically vehicles. Basically what the, I think they're looking at is that people are going to have one car for a commute back and forth to work and another mm-hmm. car for when they go on vacation, which would be an SUV. Well, funny you bring that up. Uh, but there's a kind of a funny some a bunch of memes out there having to do with Tesla recently thanks to Thanksgiving, right? And uh people would take their Teslas off, you know, over the river and through the woods to grandma's house and then when they had to come back home, there are tons of videos called the Tesla energy crisis. And it's basically finding long long lines of Tesla owners waiting to charge their vehicles because they only have X number of chargers and of course they're running out of juice. And, uh, you know, miles of backup of car, Tesla cars just lining up, waiting to use the charger. And because uh, it takes a good 45 to maybe even an hour, depending on which charger you're hitting, to charge your vehicle up. So you, you have no choice. You can't push it. You can't, get, you can't go and walk and get a gas can full of gasoline to get your, your Tesla going again. And they have this Tesla energy crisis videos out there, which is kind of reminiscent of the 70s and Jimmy Carter when we all... Ran out of gasoline. Mm-hmm. Um, now you've got your electric vehicle, ironically, just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember charged. that when they would only limit you to like, you know, one to three gallons. Right. In this case, the limit is the chargers, right? So great success in selling the vehicles. Bit of trouble with well, charging them. Tells you that they've sold a lot of the Teslas. Sure. So speaking of which, he's taken orders for 250,000 of these trucks. Oh, has he? And originally, excuse me. I had to get rid of that one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <clears throat> originally uh, they were going to produce the low ends with right. one uh, motor yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Those were going to be the cheaper ones. And then they were going to ramp up and do the dual motor uh, cyber trucks and then the tri-motor cyber trucks. Three motors. Right. Oh, so you got the du- dual axles in the back there with the yeah. with the eight <clears throat> so wheels? The, uh, <laughs> the biggest, baddest planned cyber truck, the tri-motor, was scheduled for 2022. Mm-hmm. Now the pre-order site says the tri-motor Cybertruck model will begin production in 2021. Hmm. And the cheapest of the electric pickups has been bumped to late 2022. This what? seems like a pretty typical move to launch the trucks with the highest chance of profit- profitability first. Yeah. So they did this because they have the most demand for the tri-motors, hmm. which was going to come out in 2022. How much are these things? So the Cybertruck with three electric motors will start at $69,900, hmm. while the electric pickup with dual motors will start at 499. Okay. The single motor model will open at 399 and hmm. we and will be rear wheel drive only. 
Interesting. Previously, Musk tweeted a breakdown of the pre-orders when the total neared 150,000, and the vast majority of potential buyers chose the dual and tri-motor models. Sure. So if you're going to spend 70 grand on a truck, you may as well spend it on everything. Yep. And if you're going to go go larger, go home. Well, so we'll post. Uh, yeah, we'll post those out there for you. Yeah. One more real quick thing: streaming services may soon crack down on password sharing. So, video streaming has grown into a multi-billion-dollar business, as we all know. And after years of domination by Netflix, Hulu, and HBO, uh, Amazon Prime, media conglomerates including Disney, NBC Universal, and Warner Media are, enter- are entering the streaming wars too. And they're going to make sure, though, that you are not sharing your password. Um, According to estimates from Parks Associates, the U.S. pay TV industry is expected to lose $6.6 billion in 2019 due to piracy. Pretty much you go any college campus, that's what they're doing, um, and password sharing. And uh, now nobody's, nobody's going to shed a tear for that because they're making billions. Um, but they think it's going to be worse uh, on from there. So in 2020, the industry will lose 7.1 billion, jumping to 8.1 billion in 2022, and then losing 9 billion in 2024. So pretty soon, you're going to have a hard time sharing out your streaming password um, for whichever account you're getting. Um, we all thought that we'd be able to continue to save money by actually choosing your your channels, but even you know, I've, I'm a fan of YouTube TV, but it is 70 channels on there, and a good chunk of them again I don't watch. So I'm still waiting for that more individualized ability to kind of cull down and, and re- reduce the cost of entertainment, um, quote unquote, to something more palatable. But uh, they say they're losing billions, and uh, I mean, none of us are shedding any tears, but. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting statistic. So I'll put the link up there for you as well. We're going to step out for a quick break. we got three lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. Feel free to get online this hour. Uh, the, the, the second hour is always jammed up. We'll be right back. And we are back. Feel free to get online. This is Computer Talk with Tab, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And we will do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And let's get right to your calls. You're nice enough to join us on this Saturday morning. Going to Joanne in Windsor Locks first. What's going on, Joanne? Okay. I have paid malware bytes for antivirus. Sure. And it found malware. Oh, boy. It quarantined it. Good. It said you're computer is safe to use now yep and then at the same time uh, microsoft was putting in some new thingy and <laughs> okay and malware bytes disappeared and i can't get it back so somehow uh, your antivirus was uninstalled on you huh it seems like that. Yeah, that's not good. Generally, that's a malicious act. So you have a Windows Defender, I would assume? Um, no. Windows Defender is built into the operating system. Okay, then I do. Yeah, especially if your malware bytes has been removed. But it makes me nervous that that's no longer there. I have found a lot of times that when malware bytes finds uh, malware, mm-hmm. that suddenly whatever antivirus that you're using... Finds it at the same time because mm. when malware bytes does the scan and finds the file, yeah, 
the uh, antivirus says, oh, there's this file. I see that. <laughs> I, I notice it's actually bad. So, But to remove the software. So when you go to your ad remove programs listing, you don't see malware bytes anymore, Joanne? Um, I didn't go to ad remove. You want to make sure you actually have it on your in your in your computer. And uh, so, Bob, where would she go to, to take a look at where her software is? You want to go to Control Panel uh-huh. and uh, Programs and Features. And you should see malware bytes still listed there. If so, you if you don't, if you hit the Start button and over in the little search, just type C O N T, and you should see Control Panel come up right away. Programs and Features is where you're going. Right. Programs and features. It should I'm be listed in alphabetical down. order. Oh, you're writing it down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're going to go look for Malware Bytes as one of your programs in your computer. And if it's no longer there, that's that's not good. Um, you're going to want to reinstall it. Now, you said you bought it, right? Yes. So you have a, a license key somewhere? Yes. So if it's not there in Programs and Features, try to download it and install it again and see what happens. But if it's being disabled or removed, you may have malware. That's, serious malware. Yeah, exactly. Rootkit. Okay. Yeah, and that would be bad. Um, but let's see if you can download it again. But I suspect you're going to find it in Programs and Features, and you should be able to kick it off there. And somehow what happened was, like you said, Microsoft could have done an update and somehow removed it from your desktop. But I don't think it's gone from your system. If it is, you do have a bigger problem than, than uh, we than you'd think. Okay, I shall look into it. All right. Are you running um, OpenDNS at least? I accidentally deleted it. You can't delete it. I see it listed there. But oh, Malwarebytes or OpenDNS? OpenDNS. Oh, the IP updater. Yeah, that's yeah. just the updater. So you are you did configure your your DNS settings? Yes. Okay, so you're fine there at least. Um, are you sure you didn't accidentally delete malware bytes? I'm sure. Okay. All right. Well, take a look, Joanne. See what you find. Let us know. We're here till eleven. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye bye. Four lines wide open on this Saturday morning. Eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. And as we wait for your calls, we do have some more news for you. Ransomware froze more cities in 2019. <clears throat> Next year's a toss up. According to this article, more than 70 states and local governments across the U.S. suffered some form of ransomware attacks. So just so you understand what ransomware is, the bad guys are sending you an email, you folks in the government, and they're saying, hey, government, you have an invoice and it's something you need to pay. Pay it now. And somebody in there is clicking on that, that email attachment and the bad guys are getting into the system by having you do that. And then they are encrypting your your network so you can't use it. And then they're asking you for tens of thousands, in some case millions of dollars, so that you decrypt your network. And uh, 70 state and local governments, believe it or not, Connecticut's uh, a big target. I know we've had our cybersecurity czar here czaring away, um, but it turns out we're one of the biggest targets um, lately, especially for schools. Um in uh, in the country. Well, there's part in that article that talks about insurance company pays um, charges for cybersecurity insurance. Yes. So if you get this, they'll pay though for your ransom. But yeah. the problem is, as they're paying, the ransom keeps going up because it's, it's insured. It's insured. Yes. 
So instead of asking for fifty grand, like they asked for one person, I know. And then they go up to four hundred and fifty thousand. And we've seen this even in in other areas where we actually replaced an IT guy for a, for a town, and uh, the guy didn't like it, and now he's suing the town's insurance for that reason too. So IT guys are doing the, using the same thing the ransomware guys are doing for based on cybersecurity insurance. So it is kind of a nasty situation out there. The insurance companies are kind of helping the bad guys, if you think about it. Uh, so we'll put this link out here for you if you want to read more about it. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Four lines open on this Saturday morning. I know you're out there all Christmas shopping, uh, but we're here to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. We'll be right back. We are back. A couple lines open for you. Feel free to get online. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Didn't wanna, I want to give a little more information there on this whole ransomware thing. Uh, within this article uh, from CNET, um, the insurance giant AIG reported in July that ransomware was its second leading cause of claims in 2018. So like Bob was kind of alluding to, when you have the insurance policy, the ransom guys say, oh, we're going to get paid. Right, go ahead. We're going to go ahead and ransom you, and uh, the uh, towns are going to be like, okay, go pay it. Um, I mean, even though they voted, there's a bunch of mayors and 227 U.S. mayors voted that they wouldn't pay the ransom. Um, but when you haven't backed up your systems very well and you haven't prevented your people from clicking on this stuff and bringing the junk into your system very well, not paying the, the ransom gets kind of silly, right? If you want to keep operating, you need to pay somebody to get the system back. If you don't have, if you don't have a backup, what are you going to do? Well, of course, no one in your town will notice anyways, if you're down. But uh, if you happen to uh, have to get, you know, get your systems up in a week or a month uh, by redoing everything, it's still going to cost you an awful lot of money. So, Well, in New York, they had a power outage. And they had to fill out all this paperwork and warrants all by hand. They couldn't do it on the computers. Aww. And they were comparing, you know, what happens if they get a cyber attack? Be the same thing. Right. Well, they, they, there's a little note comment here from one of the uh, Manhattan district attorneys. He says, because of the ransomware attacks recently, we've been now made, we've now made decisions to back up more frequently. Oh, great. Isn't that awesome? I mean, we used to talk about the DMV here where we would have the auditors, our own auditors in Connecticut, telling us about the DMV's system not having any kind of disaster recovery backup whatsoever for like 15, 20 years. And even the new system they had put in didn't have anything going forward either on disaster recovery. Do they have anything now? I have no idea. Um, yeah, nobody's talking about it. No, but it is interesting that the more insurance you apply, the more the bad guys go and attack you. So I suggest here in Connecticut we should consider legislator kidnapping insurance. I wonder what happened if we did that. <laughs> all of a sudden, we wouldn't have our legislators anymore. They'd all be gone. Um, so you know, we'll put the, uh, this article out here for you. Take a look at it and, and see what you think about ransomware and what's happening out there. And the fact that we've insured it is actually fueling it. And we want to thank Bitcoin, of course, the fake money out there that's also making it easy for us to pay these bad guys anonymously rather than knowing where the money's going. Oh, and uh, did you notice uh, what email service they were using to notify people? Probably Gmail, right? No, Proton Mail. Proton. Oh, the encrypted mail out of the Swiss, the <laughs> exactly. folks that I bring up. <laughs> yeah, encrypted email, right? So that's another problem, right? Yeah, cuz they're going to use they're going to use the most secure way of communicating. Yeah, yep. good point. 
So it's it's an interesting article. Take a look at it. But insurance, believe it or not, is part of the issue. Of course, not having a good backup, not having good security in the first place is also the biggest problem. Um, so you can vow not to pay them, but if you don't have a backup, you're not getting back up and running. Let's go to uh, your calls, Gary and Coventry next. Hey, Gary. Hi, good morning. Thanks Mo- for taking my call. Sure. Hey, got a question. Yeah. Um, if you're on the Internet through a hotspot or tethering through a cell phone, mm-hmm. um, can you still protect your individual workstation, uh, laptop or what have you, with open DNS? Yes. You can. So you can put the IP addresses in there for your, your laptop to use the open DNS um, information as you're tethered through whichever internet connection you want to use. And of course, if you're on a hotspot in a public area, you know you may want to use a VPN mm-hmm. to be more secure. But yes, you can use open DNS as DNS. Okay, that sounds great. Hey, thanks very much. Enjoy your show. Have a great weekend. All right. Thanks, Gary. You too. Um, yeah, open DNS is just a more safe way to be on the internet. It's a safer... It's it's basically instead of going down into the bad neighborhoods of the they, internet, they you're close the, off the exit ramps for the bad neighborhoods. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Let's go on to uh, Walt in Westfield, the home of Whip City Fiber. Walt, huh? Well, they got the, they got the town wrong. It's in I'm in Weathersfield. Oh, oh man, <laughs> Weathersfield. <laughs> Come on, Matt. Are you sleeping over there? Matt huh? sleep. Matt sleeping. I don't know what's up with Matt. All right, Weathersfield. Because I was so already. Excited for you if you were from Westfield. No, unfortunately, <laughs> we're still stuck with Cox. All right. Well, Weathersfield's a nice town. Yeah, it's a nice town. <laughs> so what's up? Um, all this talk about uh, ransomware yeah. and passwords and mm-hmm. all that stuff has sparked a question I've had for uh, a lot of time, and uh, yeah. I thought today might be a good day to get in and ask you. Sure. On a lot of websites where you have to create an account and so on, you usually have the option of logging in and creating your own account. Mm -hmm. Or I see you can log in with Facebook or Google or LinkedIn. Right. What's happening if you choose one of those options? You're using those credentials, and you're giving that site and, and Facebook that information, and it is much more risky as far as I'm concerned. You that do- was kind of my thought, and I've always shied away from it. Yeah, uh, because I really don't know where it's going, who's getting this information. Right. So if you log into a site with your Google credential, right, using your Google account, yep, that means any sites you've done that with, if Google your Google account's compromised, all those sites are compromised, right? It's a, it's the whole problem of the cloud. When you put all your eggs in that one basket, that one basket is your risk. You need to diversify, just like in, in, in investing, just like in anything else. If you decide that you're going to make Facebook your keeper of all your, of all your security, and if that one instance gets compromised, which it will, I can guarantee that, you are then compromised, right? So do not do that. There is a level of convenience um, for folks because they're too lazy to create the individual account, but you're just an accident waiting to happen as far as I'm concerned. So you should, every time you go to any kind of service, no matter what it is, it should be a separate account with a real, pain, real painful password. Write it down, and uh, you're all set, as long as you kept it separate that way. So all these companies are maybe calling a web service to Google or Facebook and 
for authentication purposes. They're using those services for authentication purposes, yes. You're using that one account, that one account, right? So yep. when you authenticate with Facebook, you're using that. I mean, how many of your friends have you seen have been impacted by Facebook, right? My 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 Facebook's been hacked. My Facebook's been hacked. Don't accept any, don't accept any uh, friend requests from me. And my Facebook's been hacked. I mean, yeah, that means everything's been hacked that they've done that same technique that with. Use that with, yeah. Well, I thought it was a bad idea, but I just wanted a little more clarification. And uh, right, these companies that, want. To- they want to consolidate you to them. They want you to consolidate your usage of the internet to their ecosphere, right? right? If they can do that, if they can make you beholden to them, you're going to continue to invest your life into either Google, Facebook, or whatever it might be, because all your accounts are all connected to it. Right. They have enough connections as it is. You don't need to give them any more. Yeah, right. it's a, it's a form of stickiness. Yep. So I would yep. not do it. I'd, I'd recommend not doing it. Yeah, I don't. So. All right. Well. Reinforced my decision to stay away from it. Sounds good. Okay, thanks a lot. You're Have welcome. A great day. You too. Bye bye. Yeah, convenience is one thing, but uh, security is really where we need to think about it. And two factor is the other step, right? So, it, whenever you configure an account, if you can have a physical dongle, which is uh, we've talked about these Titan keys from Google uh, or any uh, any third party two factor authentication that requires some sort of physical device to be on your person would greatly improve your security as well. So when you log into your bank account, if you have to use a fingerprint on top of that or whatever it might be, that second factor that says you are who you are will, will keep you more protected than if you just logged in with a password a password or one, two, three, four, five, six, or whatever it might be. We're going to step out for a quick break, get back to more of your calls. we got Shay and William, and two lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Everything we've talked about has been posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And poor Bob's fighting a cold over there, but he's a trooper this morning. You getting through it, right, Bob? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll be here till 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. One line up for you. Let's get right to your calls. We're going to go to North Wyndham and Shay. What's going on, Shay? Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good. Uh, what's your thought on putting one of these advertised USB, I mean, USB um, memory into the iPhone to download pictures. Do you, do you think that's a good idea or not? Well, getting getting pictures off an iPhone is not easy. I know. And I've, it, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, I spent some time on Thanksgiving trying to help my, uh, sister-in-law do it and uh believe it or not we couldn't figure it out and i'm not an apple guy but she's using her apple and and she couldn't figure it out either um so i think if you can figure out a way to use a usb stick to get the pictures off the iphone that's great because apple's going to charge you an arm and a leg to store them out in their cloud right and so the more you stick out there the more you're going to pay um same thing with google and anybody else they're they're starting to charge folks for the storage, so you need to get them off your 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 phone so that you're not paying forever for them to be out there. Correct. I realize that point, but when you try, you can't take it off the phone and 
keep it on the iCloud because it deletes everything. Right? We found that out a couple months ago. No, you you can uh, separate the uh, your your folders, your pictures, and mm-hmm. not put them in the cloud. Okay, and just keep them on the phone. Right, but it okay. takes up too much space. That's correct. And that's by design. They so, made it, they made it so pretty to hold, but they also made it really teeny. What I do <laughs> is I plug my iPhone into my PC, mm-hmm. and go it goes shows up like a USB drive. We tried that with my sister in law, and the folders were all empty, even though the right. the pictures were it there. Won't copy over. I only get maybe two pictures out of three hundred. Right. So and and I I already had a few uh, cocktails in me, so I wasn't very effective. Um, you know, it's Thanksgiving. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, so the point is, we couldn't we couldn't figure it out between the two of us. And um, she starts emailing me them individually, uh, which sounds silly, and it is silly. Uh, but it is the way to get the pictures off. Apple is supposed to be the co- the company that offers the ease of use to its users, right? But go ahead and figure out how to move your your picture files off your phone. We were googling how to do it. We were you name it. We were trying to figure it out. But we would plug it in just like Bob's doing right now to test his theory. And uh, right within the folders, they were all blank. Every picture folder, even though she had hundreds of pictures on the phone. So, right, but now they're advertising these little USB. Um, Who's they? Uh, on the internet, they're always. Um, you, you know, you can put a little USB port into your mm-hmm. iPhone. Yeah. And it will download those pictures Sweet. onto the onto the storage. I would uh, I would tell you to try, try it out. I mean, getting them off your phone is key, right? What's the point of having your pictures if they're all stuck on your iPhone? Right, because now I can't download any of the updates because I don't have enough room. Even <laughs> right. though I go in and delete, you know, as many apps as I can, it's still not enough to download the the update. Yeah. So Bob's got his phone connected. He's got some thoughts here too. Go ahead, Bob. Okay. Okay. Now he's got you have an older iPhone though, right? <laughs> well I have an iPhone seven. What are you running out there, Shay? Six. A six? Yes. Yeah. So it's gonna be the same. All right. But what okay. happens is first of all your phone has to be unlocked. Unlocked. When unlocked. you plug in the cable. Okay. Yep. And then you're going to get a warning on your iPhone screen yeah. to mm-hmm. allow access. Sure. And you're going to get a warning on your computer to allow access. So maybe my right. sister-in-law didn't click that button on the allow. If the you're allow. not looking for it, it doesn't stay there very right. long. Right. She plugged it in, didn't click allow, and I'm looking at blank folders. That could be true. Yeah. Again, we had a couple it, cocktails. It in says it. it's empty. Right. But oh, does it? That's the result? That's the result. Oh, that and clearly was alcohol-induced <laughs> failure on my part. <laughs> Oh, well, that could be the case. So you think it's that simple, right, Bob? Plug it in, allow access, and you should have access to your pictures. Is that what you're going to show I me? I do. I do all that, and I do get... And you're completely sober, right, Shay? Oh, absolutely. There it is. So maybe, I don't know. I, I always thought no, Apple made it difficult. I do get some yeah. pictures, but I only get a very limited amount. Like- so uh, he's in the DC, what is it, DCIM? DCIM, which is yeah. uh, digital image... Uh, Digital image folder. Yeah. So make sure you're in the DCIM folder. Navigate. Where do I find that? Well, you've got to navigate to it when you've plugged your phone into your when computer. When you plug it in, it'll be this PC, Apple iPhone, internal storage, DCIM, and yeah. then I have huh, way too many Yeah, phones. he does. But but the point is, he was able to do it with his phone, which is similar to yours, and it should just right. work. And I thought the same thing when I was working with my sister-in-law, but we've had other callers have similar issues to Shay's. But it's... 
So you think it's user error? If you're not looking for it, first of all, your phone's got to be unlocked. unlocked. So you got to be there. Then yep. you see the little notice comes up and it says allow. Allow it. Doesn't right. stay there very yep. long. If you don't click okay. allow, it's going to show you the folder that's empty. And it's not empty. It's just not allowing you very in. Very full. Yeah. So try it out, Shay. See if, see if just trying the process again in that order might be beneficial to you. You also right, get a little pop-up in the window on the side. A little notice comes up that says, what do you want to do with this? Right. It's like when you plug in a USB drive. Right. You know, you can do nothing. You know, you can open it. You right. can, you know, run if there's some app or whatever. Worst case, you can go to the fruit stand in the, in the mall <laughs> and uh, ask them while you're Christmas shopping and say, hey, what's going on here? And they might, the geniuses there might be able to show you whatever step you're missing. Okay, but... It's doable. In- in short, I should look for DCIM. DCIM folder, yes. You're going to navigate it. Internal storage in, on your iPhone. Yep. You're going you're gonna to see your phone on the list through Explorer, internal storage, DCIM. And then under there should be your subfolders. But you're going to see an allow. you got to see the allow. You know? That's right. the key. Okay. All right, Shay? Okay, I'll try it. Otherwise, you're going to hear it back. I want to hear. I want to hear if it works. Okay, thank All right. you. You're welcome. So hopefully that works for her. Let's go on to William in Hartford. William, what's going on? Uh, good morning. Uh, I've been trying to set up a TV with Roku. It uh-huh. had been set up some time ago. We haven't used it for six or eight months. Yep. I cannot get the the TV screen to respond to commands from the remote. I changed the batteries. I did the repairing business from the remote to the TV I do have the Roku uh, uh, logo on the TV screen, so that tells me the HDMI cable's connected yeah. properly. Yeah. Any ideas? So your your remote is the issue. It's not pairing with the Roku, huh? Right. It just has no response whatsoever. Now, uh-huh. I've just discovered an app to put on my iPad that can replace the the remote, I well, think. Yeah, test it. But, but that's not pairing either. It says searching for devices. But I can't even oh. get to the screen okay. on the TV where I can see the Wi-Fi uh, network. Uh, right. So you've done a good test, though, William. You've proven that both your app and the, and the controller can't see the device properly. Right. Um, however, you know it is connected. So it could be that the Roku is not on your network. Which, which could have happened is that it, it synchronized with your neighbor's Wi-Fi and got an IP address from them. If It's wireless, I assume, correct? Yes. So it could be that you're on their Wi-Fi and not on your own network. So now, another complication is I put in my own modem and router yeah. uh, uh, some time ago, and I have not had the Roku active on this TV since. Okay, so I would tell you to, to repair it there. yeah try to default the Roku. Is there's got to be a way to reset it to default to factory default? We can look it up. Just, there's, they, they, the, online it says there's a reset button on the converter. Yeah, there isn't on this particular one. It, it says it's got a two on the top. It's about three inches square and three quarters of an inch high. All right, we'll see if we can find a way to reset it because I think you're on somebody else's network or it's not on your network. It's physically connected to the TV, but you're not on the same network. That's why your devices can't see it is my guess. To figure out how to reset it sounds good to me, but I don't know how to do it. All right, let's do some research for you here. Uh, William, can you hang on a little bit? Sure, of course. All right, we'll we'll have uh, we'll hold uh, William over through the the news break here as we do some research for him. We have Karen out there in South Windsor, so hang on, Sherry in Plainville. 
Paul and Litchfield. We'll get to all your calls. And uh, everything we're talking about will be posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. Also, if you follow us on Facebook over at Tab Computer Systems and you'd like us um, on Facebook over there at Tab Computer Systems, these same links will get into your Facebook news feed if Zuckerberg deems them worthy. And if you use Twitter, which, again, I don't know how you have time enough for Twitter, but if you do and you follow us at Tab Computer Sys, the same links will get into your Twitter feed as well. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 